0: section eight of the vertical city this librivox recording is in the public domain read by lisa reichert the vertical city by fanny hurst section eight the vertical city part two who are you whose neck has never ached from nine hours a day six days a week of bending over the blue denim pleat that goes down the front of men's shirts to quiver a supersensitive supercilious and superior nose over what i grant you may appear on the surface to be the omelette of vulgarities, fried up for you on the gladdest, maddest strip of carnival in the world. But it is simpler to take on the cold glaze of sophistication than to remain simple. When the eyelids become weary, it is as if little red dancing-shoes were being wrapped away forever, or a very tight heart-string had suddenly sagged, and when plucked at could no longer plong. To Marilyn this neck very often ached clear down into her shoulder-blade and up into a bandeau around her brow and to whom city walls were sometimes like slaps confronting her whichever way she turned her enjoyment of coney island was as uncomplex as a b c untortured by any awarenesses of relative values too simple to strive to keep simple unselfconscious and with a hungry heart she was not a spectator half ashamed of being amused she was coney island her heart a shoot the shoots for sheer swoops of joy her eyes full of confetti points the surf creaming no higher than her vitality and it was so the evening following as she came dancing down the kicked-up sand of the beach in a little bright blue frock mercerized silk if you please with very brief sleeves that ended right up in the jolliest part of her arm with a half-moon of vaccination winking out roguishly beneath a finish of ribbon bow and a white canvas sport hat with a jockey rosette to cap the little climax of her and by no means least a metal coin purse with springy insides designed to hold exactly fifty cents in nickels once on the sand which ran away tickling each step she took her spirits it must be admitted went just a little crazily off the window you see where marilyn sewed her buttonholes six days the week faced a brick wall that peeled with an old scrofula of white paint coney island faced a world of sky so that when she pinched getaway's nose in between the lips of her coin purse and he turning a double somersault right in his checked suit landed seated in a sprawl of mock days Off she went, into peals of laughter only too ready to be released. He bought her a wooden whirring machine, an instrument of noise that, because it was not utilitarian, became a toy of delicious sound. They rode imitation ocean waves at five cents a voyage, their only mal de mer regret when it was over. He bought her salt water taffy, and when the little red cave of her mouth became too ludicrously full of the pulley stuff, he tried to kiss its state of candy paralysis and instantly she became sober and would have no more of his nonsense get away she cried snapping fingers of inspiration let's go in bathing i'll say we will no sooner said than done in rented bathing suits unfastidious if you will but pshaw with the ocean for wash day who minded hers a little blue wrinkly one that hit her far too far below the knees but her head flowered up in a polka-dotted turban that well enough she knew bound her up prettily and her arms were so round with that indescribable softness of youth getaway whose eyes could focus a bit when he looked at them set up a leggy dance at sight of her he shocked her a bit in his cheap cotton trunks woman's very old shock to the knobby knees and hairy arms of the beach But they immediately ran, hand in hand, down to the sand, and fizz into the grin of a breaker. Marilyn, with her face wet and a fringe of hair like a streak of seaweed down her cheek, getaway, shivery and knobbier than ever, pushing great palms of water at her, and she back at him, only less skillfully, her five fingers spread and inefficient. Once in the water, he caught and held her close, and yet, for the wonder of it, almost reverentially close as if what he would claim for himself he must keep intact marry me marilyn he said with all the hubbub of the ocean about them she reached for some foam that hissed out before she could touch it that's you he said now you were there and now you aren't i wish she said oh get away there's so much i wish what do you wish she looked off toward the immensity of the sea and sky i oh i don't know being here makes me wish something as beautiful as out there is what i wish out where there i don't see you wouldn't and then because neither of them could swim he began chasing her through the shallow water and in the kicked-up spray of their own merriment they emerged finally dripping and slinky the hairs of his forearms lashed flat and a little drip of salt water running off the tip of her chin. Until long after the sun went down, they lay drying on the sand. Her hair spread in a lovely amber flare, and stretched full length on his stomach beside her, he built a little grave of sand for her feet. And the crowd thinned, and even before the sun dipped, a faint young moon, almost as if wearing a veil, came up against the blue. They were quiet now with pleasant fatigue. And propped up on his elbows, he spilled little rills of sand from one fist into the other. Gee, you're pretty, Marilyn. Are I getaway? You know you are. You wasn't born with one eye shut and the other blind. Honest, I don't know. Sometimes I look in the mirror and hope so. You've had enough fellows tell you so. Yes, but, but not the kind of fellows that mean by pretty what I mean by pretty. Well, this here guy means what you mean by pretty. What do you mean by pretty, getaway? Pep, peaches, cream, teeth, yellow hair, arms, those little holes in your cheeks, dimples. What do I mean by pretty? I mean you by pretty. Ain't that what you want me to mean by pretty? Yes, and no. Well, what the? It's all right, getaway. It's fine to be pretty, but not enough somehow i i can't explain it to you to anybody i guess pretty isn't the word it's beauty i mean all right then anything your little heart desires beauty the ocean beauty out there i mean something that makes you hurt and want to hurt more and more beauty getaway it's something you understand or something you don't it can't be talked it sounds silly well then whistle it it has to be felt feel me he said laying her arm to his bare bicep some little gladiator eh knock the stuffing out of any guy that tried to take you away from me she turned her head on its flare of drying hair away from him the beach was all but quiet and the haze of the end of day in the air almost in her eyes too oh getaway she said on a sigh and again getaway his reserve with her at which he himself was the first to marvel went down a little then and he seized her bare arm kissing it almost sinking his teeth the curve of her chin down into her throat as she turned her head had maddened him "quit" she said "never you mind you'll wear diamonds" he said in his sole phraseology of promise "will you get sore if i ask you something Fairy Lynn? "what" "want one now" want what a diamond no she said when i'm out here i quit wantin' things like that fine chance a fella has to warm up to you get away what what did you do last night after you walked home with me when you know when why bless your heart i went home fairelyn please get away home fairy YOU WERE UP IN MONKEY'S ROOM LAST NIGHT ABOUT ELEVEN. NOW THINK, GET AWAY. AW, oh, NOW. YOU WERE. Ah, oh, NOW. NOBODY CAN fool ME ON YOUR STEP. YOU TIPTOED FOR ALL YOU WERE WORTH, BUT I KNEW IT. THE BALL OF YOUR FOOT, SQUEAK. THE BALL OF YOUR FOOT, SQUEAK. SURE ENOUGH, NOW YOU MENTION IT, MAYBE FOR A MINUTE, AROUND ELEVEN, BUT ONLY FOR A MINUTE. PLEASE, GET AWAY, DON'T LIE. IT WAS FOR NEARLY ALL NIGHT comings and goings on my ceiling until i couldn't sleep not because they were so noisy but because they were so soft like ugly whispers is monkey the friend you got the deal on with getaway we just sat up there talking old times and mugs about eleven o'clock sneaking up through the halls dressed like the messenger boy again i saw him when i peeked out the door to see who it was tiptoeing getaway for god's sake he closed over her wrist. then, his face extremely pointed. It was a bony face, so narrow that the eyes and the cheekbones had to be pitched close, and his black hair, usually so shiny, was down in a bang now because it was damp. And to marylin there was something sinister in that dip of bang which frightened her. "'What you don't know don't hurt you, you hear that? Didn't I tell you that after a few days this business deal—business, get that—will be over?' "'Then I'm going to hold down any old job your heart desires. "'But first I'm going to have money in my pockets. "'That's the only way to make this old world sit up and take notice. "'Spondylics. "'Then I'm going to carry you off and get spliced, see? "'Real money. Diamonds. "'If you weren't so touchy, maybe you'd have diamonds sooner than you think. "'Want one now?' "'Getaway, I know you're up to something. "'You and Monkey and Muggs are tied up with those Wall Street Bond getaways.' For the love of God, cut that talk here. First thing I know, you'll have me in a brainstorm, too. Those fake messenger boys that get themselves hired and instead of delivering the bonds from one office to another, disappear with them. Muggs isn't wearing that messenger's uniform for nothing. You and Monkey are working with him under cover on something. You can't pass a cop any more without tightening up. I can feel it when I have your arm. You've got that old over your shoulder look to you, getaway my father had it my mother too getaway by gad you can't beat a woman you don't deny it i do oh getaway i'm glad then glad over the shoulder look why if i'd meet a plain clothes this minute i'd go up and kiss him with my teeth in his ear that's how much i got to be afraid of oh getaway i'm so glad well then lay off get away you jumped then like somebody had hit you and it was only a kid popping a paper bag you get on my nerves you'd make a cat nervous with your suspecting the more a fellow tries to do for a girl like you the less look here now you got to get the hell out of my business she did not reply but lay to the accompaniment of his violent nervousness and pinchings into the sand with her face still away from him while the dusk deepened and the ocean quieted. After a while, "'Now, Marilyn, don't be sore. I may be a rotten egg some ways, but when it comes to you, I'm there.' "'I'm not sore, Getaway,' she said, with her voice still away from him. "'Only I—' "'Let's not talk for a minute. "'It's so quiet out here, so full of rest.' He sat, plainly troubled, leaning back on the palms of his hands, and dredging his toes into the sand. In the violet light the tender line of her chin to her throat still teased him. Down, farther along the now deserted beach, a youth in a bathing suit was playing a harmonica, his knees hunched under his chin, his mouth and hand sliding at cross purposes along the harp. That was the silhouette of him against a clean sky, almost pan-like, as if his feet might be cloven, What he played, if it had any key at all, was rather in the mood of Chopin's nocturne in D-flat major. A little sigh for the death of a day, a sob for the beauty of that death, and a hope and ecstasy for the new day yet unborn. All of that on a little throbbing mouth-organ. "'Get away!' cried Marilyn, and sat up, spilling sand. "'That's it! That's what I meant a while ago. Here, it can't be talked!' that's it on the mouth organ it it yes like i said somebody has to feel it inside of him just like i do before he can understand can't you feel it please listen ah that's an old jew's harp i'll buy you one how's that all right i guess she said starting off suddenly toward the bathhouse he was relieved that she had thrown off the silence "'Ain't mad any more, are you, Marilyn?' "'No get away. not mad.' "'Mustn't get fussy that way with me, Marilyn. It scares me off. I've had something to show you all day, but you keep scaring me off.' "'What is it?' she said, tiptoe. His mouth drew up to an oblique. "'You know.' "'No, I don't.' "'Maybe I'll tell you, and maybe I won't,' he cried, scooping up a handful of sand and spraying her. "'What'll you give me if I tell?' why nothing want to know but at the narrowing something in his eyes she sidestepped him stooping down at the door of her bathhouse for a last scoop of sand at him no she cried her hair blown like spray and the same breeze carrying her laughter guiltless of mood out to the sea on the way home though for the merest second there recurred the puzzling quirk in her thoughtlessness in the crush of the electric train packed tightly into the heart of the most yammering and petulant crowd in the world, going home pleasure-seekers, a youth rose to give her his seat, a big beech tanned fellow with a cowlick of hair when he tipped her his hat, standing up off his right brow like a little apostrophe to him, and blue eyes so very wide apart and so clear that they ran back into his head like aisles, with little lakes shining at the ends of them. "'Thank you,' said Marilyn, the infinitesimal second while his hat and cowlick lifted, her own gaze seeming to run down those avenues of his eyes, for a look into the pools at the back. "'That was it, too, Getaway, the thing that fellow looked, that I can't say. He said it, with his eyes. Who? That fellow who gave me this seat.' "'I'll break his face if he goo you,' said Getaway, who by this time had a headache, and whose feet had fitted reluctantly back into patent leather. But inexplicably, even to herself that night, in the shadow of the stoop of her witch of a rooming-house, she let him kiss her lips, his first of her, her first to any man. It may have been that suddenly she was so extremely tired, tired of the lay of the week ahead, suggested by the smells and the noises and the consciousness of that front box pleat the little surrender even though she drew back immediately was wine to him and as truly an intoxicant marilyn he cried wild for her lips again i can't be held off much longer i'm straight with you but i'm human too don't get away not here Tomorrow, maybe i'm crazy for you go home now get away yes but just one more promise me you'll go straight home from here to bed I promise, Marilyn, one more, one little more, your lips. No, no, not now, go. Suddenly, by a quirk in the dark, there was a flash of something down Marilyn's bare third finger, so hurriedly and so rashly that it scraped the flesh. That's for you. I've been afraid all day. Touchy, didn't I tell you? Diamonds. Now will you kiss me? Now will you? In the shadow of where she stood, looking down, it was as if she gazed into a pool of fire that was reaching in flame clear up about her head, and everywhere in the conflagration, getaways triumphant, now will you, now will you! Getaway, she cried, flecking her hand as if it burned. Where did you get this? It's for you, Farrellin, and more like it coming. It weighs a carrot and a half. "'That stone's worth more than a sealskin jacket. "'You're going to have one of those, too, real seal. "'Now are you sore at me any more? "'Now you've a swell kick coming, haven't you? "'Now, now!' "'Get away!' she cried behind her lit hand, "'because her palm was to her mouth, "'and above it her eyes showed the terror in their whites. "'Where did you get this?' "'There,' he said, and kissed her hotly and squarely on the lips.' somehow with the ring off her finger and in a little pool of its light as it lay at his feet where he stood dazed on the sidewalk Marilyn was up the stoop through the door up two flights and through her own door slamming it locking it and into her room rubbing and half-crying over her left third finger where the flash had been She was frightened, because for all of an hour she sat on the end of the cot in her little room, trembling, and with her palms pressed into her eyes so tightly that the darkness spun. There was quick connection in Marilyn, between what was emotional and what was merely sensory. She knew, from the sickness at the very pit of her, how sick were her heart and her soul, and how afraid. She undressed in the dark, a pale darkness relieved by a lighted window across the areaway. the blue mercerized dress she slid over a hanger covering it with one of her cotton nightgowns and putting it into careful place behind the cretonne curtain that served her as clothes closet her petticoat white with a rill of lace she folded away and then in her bare feet and a pink cotton nightgown with a blue bird machine stitched on the yoke stood cocked to the hurry of indistinct footsteps across her ceiling and in the narrow slit of hallway outside her door where the stairs led up still another flight the ball of a foot squeak the sharp crack of a voice running get away cried marilyn's heart almost suffocating her with a dreadful spasm of intuition it was all so quick in the flash of her flung open door as her head in its amber cloud leaned out get away bending almost double over the upper banister, his lips in his narrow face back to show a white terribleness of strain that lingered in the memory, hurled out an arm suddenly toward two men mounting the steps of the flight below him. There was a shot then, and on the lower flight one of the men, with an immediate red mouth opening slowly in his neck, slid downstairs backward, face up. Suddenly, from a crouching position beside her door, the second figure shot forward now, with ready and perfect aim at the already beginning to be nerveless figure of getaway hanging over the banister with the smoking pistol by the reaching out of her right hand marilyn could have deflected that perfect aim in fact her arm sprang toward just that reflex act then stayed itself with the jerk of one solid body avoiding collision with another so much quicker than it takes in the telling There marched across Marilyn's sickened eyes this freeze, her father trailing dead from the underslinging of a freight car, that moment when a uniform had stepped in from the fire escape across the bolt of Brussels lace, her mother's scream like the plunge into the heart of a rapier, uniforms contemplating on street corners opposite houses, those four fingers peeping over each of her father's shoulders in the courtroom, getaway, his fox-like face leaner meaner black mask electric chair volts oh volts god you know best help when the shot came that sent getaway pitching forward down the third floor flight she was on her own room floor in a long and merciful faint marilyn had not reached out time passed Whole rows of days of buttonholes down pleats that were often groped at through tears, heavy tears like magnifying glasses. And then, with that gorgeous and unassailable resiliency of youth, lighter tears, fewer tears, few tears, no tears. Under the cretonne curtain, though, the blue mercerized frock hung unworn, and in its dark drawer remained the petticoat with its rill of lace. But one night— with a little catch in her throat it was the last of her sobs she took out the sport hat and for no definite reason began to turn the jockey rosette to the side where the sun had not faded it these were quiet evenings in her small room all the ceiling agitation had long ago ceased since the shame of the raided room above and Muggs in his absurd messenger's suit and monkey marching down the three flights to the clanking of steel at the wrists There were new footsteps now, steps that she had also learned to know, but pleasantly. They marched out so regularly of mornings, invariably just as she was about to hook her skirt-band or pull on her stockings. They came home so patly again at seven, about as she sat herself down to a bit of sewing or washing out. They went to bed so pleasantly, thud on the floor, and then, after the expectant interval of unlacing, thud again. They were companionable, those footsteps, almost like reverential marching on the grave of her heart. Marilyn reversed the rosette, and as the light began to go, sat down beside her window, idly looking up. There was the star point in her patch of sky, eating its way right through the purple like a diamond, and her ache over it was so tangible that it seemed to her she could almost lift the hurt out of her heart as if it were a little imprisoned bird and as it grew darker there came two stars, and three, and nine, and finally the six hundred. Then from the zig of the fire escape above, before it twisted down into the zag of hers, there came to Marilyn, through the medley of city silences and the tears in her heart, this melody on a Jew's harp. If it had any key at all it was in the mood of Chopin's nocturne in D-flat major. A little sigh for the death of a day, a sob for the beauty of that death, and the throb of an ecstasy for the new day not yet born. Looking up against the sheer wall of the vertical city, on the ledge of a fire-escape above hers, and in the yellow patch of light thrown out from the room behind, a youth, with his knees hunched up under his chin, and his mouth and hand moving at cross-purposes, was playing the harmonica wide apart were his eyes and blue so that while she gazed up smiling as he gazed down smiling it was almost as if she ran up the fire escape through the long clear lanes of those eyes for a dip into the little twin lakes at the back of them and why didn't you know there was a lift of cowlick to the right side of his front hair as he sat there playing in the twilight that was exactly the shape of an apostrophe End of The Vertical City